0: You're listening to a Corridor Business Journal
1: podcast. I'm Nate Kating, and this is Real Success. This is the Corridor Media Group Podcast, where we explore the life and careers of the Corridor's most influential business leaders. On today's episode, I get a sit-down with Andrew Lehman, Tournament Director of the John Deere Classic, the annual professional golf tournament on the PGA tour that takes place in the Quad Cities. Andrew shares with me his internship with the golf tournament and how he was in the right place at the right time, what it is like to have an engaged sponsor like John Deere. And we take an inside look at the operations of the nonprofit that runs the tournament. Andrew also talks about some of the ins and outs of the new partnership between PGA and Live Golf. He gives us an inside look at the concert series they're launching this year featuring Darius Rucker and Blake Shelton. And Andrew also shares some of his favorite golf memories from the tournament. I learned a lot and I think you will too. Stay tuned. This episode of Real Success
0: with Nate Cading is brought to you by Midwest One Bank. Midwest One Bank is the proud partner for doers and entrepreneurs in the corridor and beyond. As an SBA preferred lender, our team is ready to help you reach your business goals. It's empowered money management.
1: It's Midwest One Bank, member FDIC. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for taking the time, and I know time is a little short. We're recording this uh, just, shoot, not even a week and a half out from when the, I guess under a week is a tournament, even though the actual tournament doesn't start till Wednesday. I know all the festivities and those sort of things get cracking early on with pro-ams and everything, but we're uh, super excited to have you on. And the John Deere Classic is, if you think of the Mount Rushmore of, uh, you know, Iowa based, I know that the tournament itself takes place just across the river in Illinois, but local sporting events, professional sporting events, John Deere Classic is absolutely on the Mount Rushmore there of, of the events that we host here in the area, and of course this is your first tournament, you've been with the, uh, the event and the John Deere Classic organization um, for almost 17 years, but now is your first chance as the, the main man at the helm, so maybe we can just start there, talk a bit about, uh, you got any kind of first game jitters going into your, your first mm-hmm. tournament as the head guy?
0: uh no not not at all um we're so blessed that we've got a great team uh here and and folks who've been in the tournament office for a number of years now and and as you said nate it's i'm not new to the event uh by any means it certainly is my first time uh putting on the event and and changing some things that we've you know that we're looking at with caitlin clark coming and and our concert series on the weekend but you know the lifeblood of any PGA Tour event as our volunteers and we're blessed to have great board members and great committee members and then a great legion of volunteers. We're actually celebrating uh, our volunteer party tonight. So, uh, yeah, as you said, it's advanced Week and it's rock and roll time. We're a week away.
1: I love it. Let's. I want to get into both your story, how you got there, because you know any sports fan uh, or kid getting up, no, I got a young kid. He's, I want to work in the sports industry. So, I mean, this has got to be a bit of a dream job, right? I want to get into your history and. You got to this spot, then also just take take us all back a bit into the John Deere Classic, how it got its start, and then of course there's been a lot of changes in professional golf, even in within the last year, year and a half, and how that maybe has had an impact on on the event. But let's start with you. Talk talk a bit about. I know you're born and raised Iowa,n where you and a, a big sports fan. How did you get involved with the John Deere Classic, and what was what was your story?
0: Grew up in Western Iowa in Carroll, uh, home of Nick Nurse and Adam Haluska, a great Hawkeye. Oh, yeah. Um, graduated with Adam, but went to college. Uh, don't hold it against me. I went to Iowa State. <laughs> I fly my diploma proudly in my office surrounded by Hawkeye gear in here. It's a bold move. Uh, so, so got a degree in sports management and interned with the tournament in 2006. You know, if, if my sports management program and our, you know, classmates if it was 200, I don't know if there's even 20 working in sports anymore. I think it's a really hard industry to break into. Absolutely. I was really fortunate that after my internship concluded, I really wanted to work in baseball. First and foremost, I always thought baseball was my favorite. It would be a blast. And and so I, I do my internship with the tournament fell in love with the actual business side of the game of golf, um, had always enjoyed playing golf. And then they had a, a staff member at that point, the staff was five people, walked in on Monday after the tournament and said, hey, I've enjoyed my time here, but I'm packing up and I'm moving to Raleigh, North Carolina. So as fate would have it, a little bit of luck goes into it. I think I was just kind of in the right place at the right time. And, and they had retooled the position uh, for me to join the staff and, you know, kind of worked my way up through the ranks and and did various different different projects, I think I was assistant tournament director for Claire Peterson, our our newly retired tournament director for, gosh, nine or 10 years, Mm -hmm. Um, and really just got to see an expansive view of of what this business is, not only from, you know, the corporate hospitality or sponsorships, but also from our birdies for charity side that we take a lot of pride in. And, and, uh, you know, again, for anybody, and I tell this to people all the time, for anybody who wants to work Sports world, you know, when the door creaks open just a little bit, kick it open because you never know when that door is going to fully open for
1: you. I always marveled at that in my time in the NFL and even at college. Uh, you get to know a little bit more about the business of sports, especially in the NFL, because you're observing it and you're, you know, the downtime talking to the equipment managers and trainers. Their thing was always, you know, folks in the marketing office. I got to do everything and anything I can basically to keep my job because there's probably like 500 resumes waiting <laughs> behind me, right? To, right. to work for the NFL or, or, you know, the Iowa Hawkeyes or whatever that might be. So uh, you hit it on the head. If the door's open, even a little bit of a sliver of a crack, you got to do, do everything you can to, to knock it down. What, what's one thing I mean, everybody looks at it. You're working in sports. It seems very glamorous. Of course, everybody turns on the TV for those few hours when, Jim Nance is, is talking about the the ball rolling perfectly on the green. What's what are some of the non-glamorous aspects of working in sports or working in the John Deere Classic? What's what are some of the harder things about about your job or more, more most challenging things?
0: You know, we laugh about it a lot and we compare golf events to, as you mentioned, an NFL game or an NBA game or, or an Iowa Hawkeye game. Those industries are blessed with. Permanent arenas and an infrastructure that's there, you know, daily. And you got temperature control for a lot of it. And, and, uh, for us, it's, it's a different city that's built every year on the golf course and always looking at expanding. How can we make, you know, things fresh, new ideas, expanding our hospitality options, but honestly, you know, the biggest hurdle for any event like ours is weather and Mm -hmm. when you have weather delays and you've got people, you know, across 200 acres out here. And you don't want to keep your spectators safe and how do you get them out of here? But if you look at the long, you know, long list of operational challenges, restrooms, busing, uh, you know, concessions, where do you, you know, how do you determine what you're going to do? And then as you mentioned at the beginning, if you look at some of the changes that we're doing this year on the weekend, specifically with concerts, you know, that's a whole new ball game. It's yeah, some gonna... of our core competency of, of golf, but you know, we're really excited about it. And, uh, you know, we're, we're putting our best foot forward to make sure that we give those folks who are coming that weekend, the best experience possible, not only on the golf side, but, but also from the entertainment side after play.
1: Yeah. I can only imagine the list of the items that you're on your cost segment of your PL or whatever that looks like. Right. In terms of all the various vendors and, and all, you know, you could list the plethora of those sort of things and then the pressure and it, it all culminates in just one week, right? It's not like it's a, an NFL season or basketball or where you you're doing it over an extended period of six months. It's like, you, you're, you're probably looking at that extended forecast pretty frequently about right now leading up into oh, next yeah. week. You're at the, you're at you the, you know, it's funny if I had a
0: nickel for every time somebody asked myself or one of our staff persons, we're seven people in this office, you know, is that a full-time job? And it's like, Oh man, we could use 15 more people <laughs> right. at a full-time rate here.
1: Yeah. Talk a bit about the business of the John Deere classic. It, it is it a, is it nonprofit what's the, you know, how much, however much you can share, you know, the budget, what are your various income streams, the TV? I mean, how does that, I'm curious to just better understand, I'm sure a lot of listeners are as well, just how, how that works from a business standpoint and, you know, what are you doing with the profit? How how much do do you invest back into the event? Talk, talk a bit about just the structure of your organization and the event from a business perspective.
0: So every, every PGA tour event, it's a three-party agreement between the PGA tour and the title sponsor. And we're blessed to have what I would call the best title sponsor on the PGA tour and John Deere, uh, very engaged. And hopefully you saw, they just signed a a three-year extension that takes us through 2026. That's awesome. So once, once those contracts and negotiations are finalized, um, we as the host organization and our. Our legal business name is Quad City Golf Classic Charitable Foundation, and we are a 501c3 nonprofit. Okay, and so we we take the event and we put it on, and you you try to match what our mission statement is to your title sponsor, and and those go hand in hand. And we're so fortunate that John Deere is so philanthropic minded and, and community driven. And then you take the PGA Tour's goals and missions, and you try to to support what that looks like, and. I think one of the great things about PGA Tour golf and events like ours is it moves city to city each week. And Mm -hmm. you can really, especially for the folks that are on kind of the traveling circuit that are part of that entourage that travel with the tour or part of the tour every week, you're getting a different flavor, a different local experience week in and week out. So we never take that for granted, but from our mission and what our budget looks like, you know, we sell corporate hospitality, we sell tickets, we sell sponsorships, uh, and then obviously you've got all your expenses and, and there's no shortage of expenses to put on an event like this. And, and so when you look at, you know, how much are you going to charge for tickets? All those factors go in, like how many restrooms are we doing? What's the catering commission? Uh, how many buses and parking lots are we going to rent? Spectator enhancements, uh, the various different things you'll see on the golf course,
1: like your minimum fixed cost. You know how much you know. Yeah, the minimum. This is okay. Then you got to. There's a hurdle rate there, right? In order to get a maximum amount of. The end of the day,
0: if the tournament can be profitable for that year, to allow us to put some sort of money back into our own product to invest in spectator enhancements for the following year. For example, we changed a whole list of different things that we spent money on this year. The admissions, uh, we shortened the admissions 10 added ask. I mean, it's not glamorous things, but things that are vital to our everyday operation. Yep. Uh, And then we put money into our reserve fund. And then everything that's left over, we are putting into our charity number. So the way our Birdies for Charity program works is 100% of the money that is solicited and collected for these nonprofits goes back to them. It's awesome. 100%. So if it's if it's ten thousand dollars that's been pledged and collected, they're going to get ten thousand dollars from that. John Deere underwrites the Birdies for Charity program to allow us then to do that to give a hundred percent, not off, offset all the admin costs for it. With that, with tournament profits and with our own charity fundraising, we promise charities a five percent bonus minimum. Hmm. And we've been as high as 10%. I think last year we were 7% just at 13.9 million. So we basically tried to take everything that we have and put it out to our charities. And we had 481, uh charities last year that again did 13 point nine million um which is that was a really, total, really beneficial say that again the
1: total uh charitable donation was 13.9 million 13.9 million which was a record that's awesome um yeah and from there you know you're trying to make
0: as big of an impact as you can the hard part of that is is that budget and that whole cycle when all that money goes out the door, that cycle starts over again. So we're basically <laughs> starting from scratch each yeah. year.
1: Yeah you got to go back selling the tickets and Yep. What would you say the average, I don't know you need to share the specifics for the John Deere classic, but if you were to venture a guess, the average budget annually for a PGA tour event is how much to put on a, uh, a PGA tour event on average total cost.
0: Ooh, that's a good question. I know what ours is. Um, you know, if you compared the John Deere classic to the waste management in Phoenix, where they're doing that's a different beast. Yeah. Yeah. That's a different beast. So it's, it's relative, right? I mean, we are blessed that we have so many volunteer groups that come out and support phone lines and TV and electrical where a lot of events are having to pay for that. Sure. If you start adding those costs into our budget and and looking at it that way, things aren't looking as good as they are, right? Like they're Yeah. It's it's taking what we have and having a maximum impact by people being engaged and giving up their time. So from a budget standpoint, I would say we're probably on the smaller side, um, sure. but we're also very lean, and 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 we do it with a number of volunteers that help offset that.
1: Yeah, that's all. I mean, I didn't know it was that big of a, almost fourteen million bucks. That's that's incredible.
0: That's just on the charity side. That's not even including the tournament side. So we're we are as, as a small nonprofit. I mean, you're talking about a twenty million dollar plus venture.
1: Yeah, I was going to say it's not small. <laughs> I don't think that's uh that's pretty pretty damn big, but that's exciting. And of course, golf has been at the forefront of the conversation going back you know almost eighteen plus months ago with the the live tour and the changes that that came about from that and of course that has cascaded into geopolitical conversations and and everything i mean golf is is has been the topic of conversation here for a little bit of more than a year. Talk a bit about how that has impacted you all and what the impact is back to, to the, to the local game, if there has been any and and what you guys have been thinking about or strategically how that maybe has changed your, your thought process on things.
0: Yeah. So I think that's a really good question. I think when the live tour started um, you know, I I don't know that anybody was at least from our standpoint on the PGA tour fully prepared for if it was ever going to get off the ground and what it looked like. Um, You know, they roll out their first event, things are rolling. They, they actually had an event opposite, opposite of us last year. Um, and so as, as the weeks dwindled by or the weeks ticked by and, and they were doing their events, things kind of had transpired back to normal. You know, I think there was always kind of a, an unknown fear of, of what that looked like. Um, but things were really getting back to normal. The news that came out here a couple of weeks ago and, they're really the tour is really cautious to call it a merger. There sure. it's more of a, a partnership. Um, you know, we don't know what that looks like. To your point, it is geopolitical. I you're seeing Congress members and senators involved now and in, in antitrust conversations. And and fortunately for us, you know, we're not part of that. We don't have a seat at the table. Uh doesn't really affect us all that much. I I don't know I don't know what the game looks like from a you know an overarching umbrella. Going forward or where this all ends i will tell you that the tour was forced to adapt and make some changes to their model and a lot of those changes were good for the john deere classics of the world and and we're seeing the benefits of that not only from the way that they changed the the fedex cup playoff schedule in 23 by taking 125 guys down to 70 for the first event Mm -hmm. you know we've got top 50 guys in our field, um, which we hadn't had any, I think we're at six or seven right now and a top 20 guy in cam young. We hadn't had any in, in the last couple of years in our field, it's forcing guys to maintain, uh, that top 70 in the FedEx cup playoffs and and more importantly, top 50, what 2024 looks like, you know, we had been telling the story of guys ranked in the top 50 in the official world golf ranking or, guys who finished in the top 50 in the FedEx Cup were going to be pretty much safeguarded for these designated events in 2024. With those conversations between the PIF fund and the PGA Tour now, we don't know what that looks like, if that's changing or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that we have benefited from a player standpoint in terms of guys who picked up events to play.
1: What risks, if any, could there be to you know relatively smaller events like the John Deere Classic within the PGA Tour to a potential merger. Like, are there, you know, maybe not necessarily about the, this live merger, but just specifically talking like, what as you guys look out, what are some of the big challenges that lay ahead for the John Deere classic? If you look five, 10 years down the road. Again, I think it's just
0: the changing landscape of, of what the professional game of golf looks like for us having a title sponsor like John Deere, who's not only involved in the title sponsorship of an event, they are an official marketing partner of the pga tour they have an official licensing and they're the official equipment sponsor of the pga tour and they have all of their equipment on tbc network golf courses yep so for them to be so ingrained into this platform that allows them not only to showcase themselves as a global brand globally because the pga tour is also a global brand you know i think it's it makes perfect business sense for them to be in this space but but again you never know what it looks like in the future based on how some of these decisions are made i will tell you that when that news came down of the live and pga tour uh, coming together there was a lot of nervous energy from from folks who would reach out you know hey i what does this mean and sure and uh, honestly we were learning as much as right, they were at the real same time. time we didn't know either So I I think John Deere is so rocks. They're just a bedrock PGA tour sponsor for what their business is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It it seems to be such a perfect fit for this particular event. Right. And it's, are are they the the longest standing title sponsor of a specific event in the PGA tour is, or is there a longer.
0: Yeah. They're number, they're number two now behind, I believe it's AT&T. Okay. Um, so I think AT and T is one. John Deere is now two because Honda uh, is going away. John Deere had been three. So this thing goes back to they signed the deal in 1997, uh, became title sponsor in 1998. So that's amazing. It's got some long, long history and and a lot of you know people who've done a lot of great things for this event. This event, quite honestly, if you look at the 52 year history of it, shouldn't be here. It shouldn't have survived as long as it has. And and that's thanks to to folks in this community who stepped up to save it in dire times of need. And then John Deere enters the picture and now you are as solid as you can be from a, an event standpoint with a great title sponsor.
1: Yeah. What stands out for you and your 16 going on 17 years with the John Deere classic is sort of a, as hallmark moments. Do you have memories there of maybe they're the more famous ones of a big shot or a playoff hole or something, but, or maybe it was just a behind the scenes moment of a player uh, some sort of interaction there. What stands out to you as your favorite moments as you've been with you the child there?
0: That's a good question. And, and I think you as a, as a former professional athlete and, and you would know that's right. Like people get enamored with, with athletes or celebrities and y'all are just everyday people who happen to be really good at something and golfers are no different. Right. So I think when we have our big dig player party during the week, and and they come out in backwards hats and untucked shirts, yeah, and they got their kids running the around,
1: yeah, playing with the yeah. equipment. And yep. You get a
0: glimpse into they're just everyday people. So you know, I think we, you know, those of us that are tied close to it, you know, we're not enamored with with uh, you know the celebrity star status. From moments that stick out, they all kind of blur together. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, over the years, they all start to you're trying to remember what year, but to have Steve Stricker win in 2009, 2010, and 11 in the bunker shot that he hits yeah. to get the three feet, and and I think Zach had just missed in that playoff. Then you have Zach's Zach Johnson, run. yeah, his he, runs. Zach's yeah. run, he's always played great here, but he wins in 2012, which for him was was such a big deal, and for us as well. And then you have Spieth come in as a 19 year old kid and make that bunker shot in 2013.
1: That's probably my memory. Uh, That's pretty cool
0: yeah it's you know and then to have him come back and and he goes on to win in 2015 after he wins the masters in the u.s open with everybody telling him not to come here do not play the john deere focus on the open and, and try to do the you know year grand slam and he goes over and finishes second zach wins the 2015 open at st andrews so hmm. those are those would be the four moments that i would that i think stick out the most but honestly The reason we all get up in the morning and and come to work is our charity mission and to be able to affect that many charities, especially going through the global pandemic, you know, a number of years ago and and the impact that that had on our nonprofits in in such a time of need.
1: How about like a holy crap moment? Has there been something behind the scenes where like, oh, no, (laughs) I mean, non-weather related. I'm sure those those things always keep you on your feet. But like, has there been some sort of like production snafu or something that, you know, could have thrown things off?
0: I think... I think the one that would stick out the most is, and I don't remember what year it is. So in 2008, we started the charter to the open championship and had the plane taking guys over the pond, yeah. which we brought back this year. It's it, We're taking guys over to the Scottish open. Oh, cool. Um, on Friday of tournament week. So literally less than 36 hours from departure, we lost the plane. The plane Ooh. was off of its charter certificate and no longer could fly. in. so we had to, to find, we actually ended up with two planes and and that scramble in that 24 hours to deliver on the promise that you had made the players who came to your event, knowing that they were going over to the open on that plane and you'd lose it on Friday afternoon. That was probably the biggest hurdle for sure. Yeah. Non-weather related.
1: I always marvel. My my buddy, Matt Phippen took on the RAGBRAI director job. He was lived in Iowa city Corvill area, worked at Shields forever and he's doing that. I could just imagine all the, I mean, you hit on it. I just marvel at knowing all of the, thousands and thousands of things behind the scenes and as a fan you step out onto the field or ride a race like ragbri or go to a course and it just seems real smooth and seamless but just all the different things that got to come together it's crazy and talking about put pulling something new off and pulling a bunch of things together to to get something going new and great uh talk a bit about the concert series y'all are launching uh this year how did that come to be
0: well, late breaking for sure. Yeah, it was.
1: Um, it kind of popped out. of. We're like, holy cow, Darius Rucker's uh-huh, going to be there. Uh-huh. Still... The
0: phone hasn't stopped ringing since Tuesday <laughs> afternoon, which is a good thing. Yeah. Um, you know, for us in the event business, especially in, in you know, a one-week event where you are, you know, fighting for market share every day. And, and to your point earlier, Nate, you know, yes, we are the only major league sporting event in this area. And if you think about Chicago, they don't even have a PGA tour event every year since they, they operate out of different, different, uh, states, but for us, it's about growing and and putting on the best spectator experience you can. And so, although it, although it's new on 18 green where we're doing the concerts music, is isn't new to the Deere classic before my time, they used to do concerts down, down here behind our office in an open field. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for us to be able to pack the golf course on the weekend when, when uh, you know, you're on network television on CBS Sports and and uh, you know the world is watching, right? Um, it's important. But I think to be able to unite golf fans and non golf fans alike uh, through a charitable mission That's is super something cool. that we should all be very proud of.
1: I love that intersection of those different worlds. You know, you got right. country music colliding with country club you know what people might think of but golf the the image of golf and the kind of the personality is changing a bit I mean you go out on a golf course now and people you know our age I call us young even though we may may not be but maybe the younger (laughs) folks they got the music playing and they're you know on their golf cart and they're maybe the shirts untucked and some of that so I love seeing that that you guys were pulling these musicians and very popular musicians and Darius Rucker and Blake Shelton to come like I love that intersection it just kind of shows how golf can be more than just uh going out and you know prim and proper and, and that country club mentality that i think is really starting to fade away so i love that
0: yeah i know you're you're spot on there and and to be able to bring non-golf fans to a golf tournament to see to yeah, the entertainment and that's what they're interested in great but by the way we just introduced you to world-class athletes uh at a world-class event
1: yeah what um where will they post up on the, I mean, I'm assuming they're not going to play a green is obviously sacred. You can't screw that up. Are they going to, is there a stage going to be like kind of back by that pond area or how, where, how, talk a bit about yeah. the logistics of how they're going to pull that off.
0: So we're, we're actually, the stage comes in tomorrow uh, on a big, big semi truck. So pray for no rain today or tomorrow morning, but, um, it'll be at the end of our hospitality row, kind of playing across the fairway into the amphitheater, uh, park-like setting on that hill. Nice, side. yeah, back up the hill. We think we've got yeah, we think we've got yeah. viewing for between five and seven thousand people with a direct sight line of the stage. Our hospitality folks can stay in their their suites on on eighteen for, you know, not that they have a direct sight line, but you know, we will probably be sold out on the weekend for the first time. That's amazing. And not that the number that we're gonna announce a sellout at is is indicative of how many people you could put on 200 acres, but right. when you start to look at logistics. Again, we talk about the restrooms, the busing and making sure that when this entertainment is over for the night, how can we effectively get 10 to 12 to 15,000 people out of here in a timely manner? Because it is all offsite parking and shuttling in. Yeah. So that's, that's what we're looking at. And I mentioned earlier, the phone hasn't stopped ringing. It has been the greatest three days of ticket sales at the (laughs) John Deere classic. And think about this, Nate, you get to go to the tournament, on a Sunday or a Saturday or whatever day you choose to go, but you can go for as well as $40. And, oh, hey, by the way, you're going to get to see – I mean, Darius Rucker is a Grammy Award winner. It's shocking to me that Blake Sheldon isn't right. as popular and, and great as he is. So it's it's the best deal in town for sure.
1: What can you share about how that deal came together? I know that Music World is a whole – does the PGA help broker that? I know Darius is a big golf fan. Like, did it become a thing like at, in the last minute? Or what can you share about how that deal – Got got inked.
0: We we've done concerts off site. Um, last one we did was in 2019. We had uh Dustin Lynch, but they've always been off site. And Deer, uh, John Deere, their CEO, saw the waste management and said, Well, that's pretty cool. Right. And so the conversation started, we didn't get it across the finish line until about well, it's just getting across the finish line here in the last couple of weeks, but the conversations really started picking up six weeks ago. So to go through this one and put our best foot forward, hopefully we're experts. I'm using the air quotes there. Hopefully we're experts for 2024, but I don't think, I don't see this going away. Oh, it's amazing. I see it as, as a mainstay and, and it has, it has drawn so much interest again we are about growing the game and how do we do that? Whether it's youth and, and the Caitlin Clark thing on Wednesday is going to accomplish that. I can't wait to see. I had somebody say to me,
1: A bazillion young girls out there. Yeah. And introducing them to the game. I got two young daughters and just, they, they yeah, love Caitlin and Clark. It's, and It's
0: not just young girls. It's, it's young boys. It's grandma and grandpa. I mean, I I think back to that national championship game and I'm getting texts from family members who I don't don't even watch sports and they're like, this is awesome. And I'm like, yeah, well, she, you know, that, that team, and of, of course, Caitlin's at the forefront of right with all the attention, but you look at that entire roster, they have transcended the way islands And I think people from across the world, or certainly across the U S view women's basketball, women's basketball is now awesome. Yeah. And she is at the forefront of that. And that team just captured the hearts of America.
1: No, that's going to be great to have her out. She's playing in the, in the pro am on uh is it Wednesday? Right. With Zach Johnson.
0: Yep. Yep. She'll play with Zach Johnson. And I did a podcast with um, Tom Kakerd and Randazzo and Zach. And he's like, well, I guess I don't need my Sharpie that day. No one's going to want my autograph, but he's, <laughs> he's super excited about it.
1: Yeah. And Zach's a big, big Hawkeye fan for sure. Um, well, it's, it's all coming together and shaping up. And I always also marvel at, again, my buddy that runs the Ragbri and these big events that have like, you know, it's, everything's gearing up to this one week. What does life look like for you guys in that week or two after the event is over? I just imagine like, you know, sitting up on the couch and a beer, like you're getting on family vacation finally, or is like the wind down take several weeks and the, and the back end of it? Or when, when can you finally take a breath once the event's done?
0: Honestly, I think the adrenaline rush is still there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday post event. Those are, those are three big days for us. It takes, it'll take six or seven weeks to get, you know, all the equipment off the golf course from a vendor standpoint, lots of sleep, lots of learning how to integrate back into being a dad and a husband. Um, you know, because you are so, and, and we are all, and, and your buddy who runs RAGBRAI would tell you this, like it's everything to have a support system at home, yeah. right? that, that understands, you know, the amount of hours you're going to put in and, and it's, it is mentally exhausting. Um, but to know, and in this Sunday, will be entirely different. We've never had, you know, post play entertainment. So
1: what is tired. the hour? About
0: Go Ta- ahead.
1: Talk to me about the hours that you and your staff put in of during that week. I mean, are you, you got a cot, can I see a cot underneath your desk over there? I mean, you, I'm sure it's like, you know, 5am till then like just craziness. Right.
0: Yeah, it's nuts. It's probably for the seven days, somewhere between 115 and 125 hours, depending on how, you know, how the week shakes out. Um,
1: what's your diet? Well, what's so your well, diet look right. like then? Is it, is it like, are we going on Red Bulls or how, I mean, what's the what, a lot what's of your, coffee? Yeah. <laughs> coffee guy. Good.
0: Coffee and, and that beer, as you mentioned, that has never tasted so good at the end of the day.
1: <laughs> That's a hard earned week right there, baby. 115 That's hours. Right. I like it. What is the go-to, talking of food, like what's, if someone's coming to the John Deere Classic, like what's the quintessential day look like for food? I mean, I remember that you guys got some pork chops. There's, I mean, you got Whitey's ice cream. Like what's the, oh, yeah. give me your like classic John Deere Classic meal. What does that look like?
0: Well, if I'm a spectator, because I have to remind myself to eat during tournament week. Um, if you're not having a pork chop sandwich, you're missing out. Um, yep. That is the staple of the John Deere Classic food scene. The Whitey's uh, Cherry Aces, which I don't know that they even make them in their stores, but they do them for the tournament, which is ice cream and red slushy. Doesn't wow.
1: sound great. Man. It's awesome. Now we're awesome. cooking. I love it. Yeah. How about some Happy you Joe's? Know. That's like a Quad Cities thing. Are they there? Happy Joe's? You got them on site? No, they're they're not.
0: Our, our caterer, um, we used to have pizza involved, um, but our caterer is so good. But if you're not having a pork chop sandwich with a a beverage of your choice and uh you know, we have, we have Coca-Cola, uh, Anheuser-Busch, and then Tito's are our official official sponsors. So there's some signature cocktails and and plenty of beverages to go around.
1: Love it. So, Andrew, is this, is this your dream job as we wrap up here? Like, do you see yourself? You know, I know your predecessor uh, was in that role for a very long time and very well respected. I have some friends on the PGA Tour, Chris Riley, Charlie Hoffman, some of those guys that I got to know in my San Diego days, and they always loved – the John Deere Classic, and you know, and that just that relationship they had built up with with Claire, and over time, and is this? Do you see yourself in this role? Tw- is this your dream job? Is this is this where you'd love it, to be it for uh, forever?
0: It is. After I realized that you know baseball was out and one one week events were enough, it it became my dream job seventeen years ago. And you know, you mentioned Claire to go to go through this year and to be his successor, he's a mentor and a friend. Uh, He was in the office last week for a cup of coffee Um, to be able to build on his legacy. And you're right. He was so well-respected and still is on the PGA tour with players and, and, and the tour itself. So to be able to continue his legacy and and grow this event and, and put our best foot forward is an honor.
1: Is that how you ultimately measure your success is just that charitable impact and, the longevity and just sustaining this event, knowing the impact that it has on the community. Is that, is that really what keeps you going? And that's how you measure this. For
0: sure. Yeah. And never taking this for granted, right? Like there are bigger cities and bigger markets who would love to take this week and and host their own events. So, you know, from a player standpoint, you know, improving the product, the golf course gets better every year. It's great. I mean, it's only been here for, what, 25 years? And it feels like it's been here for a hundred. You've played it. it. It seems like it's an old style golf course. That's yeah,
1: great. Um,
0: so yeah, it's, it's just never taking our opportunity to to put this event on for granted.
1: I love it. Well, Andrew, thank you so much. I'll be bringing my crew out for the, uh, might have to stick around for that concert too, but definitely the pork chops and the whiteys and, and enjoy and just and golf is my favorite spectator sport. Cause I'm, I'm antsy. I got ADD. So no other sport can you control where your vantage point and where you're sitting and getting some Fitbit steps in while you're getting out there. And it's a beautiful property. And uh, congratulations on your promotion now as the executive director. It's going to be fun seeing all the the great things you're able to do with the event as it moves forward. And best of luck. Here's to some 85 degree sunny weather all all the next week. And uh, we look forward to both watching on TV and being there in person. I appreciate it. I appreciate
0: that. And thanks so much for having us on. You bet. Thank you.
1: My thanks to Andrew Lehman for coming onto the show to talk about his real success. Learn more about the John Deere Classic and follow along at johndeerclassic.com. That's J-O-H-N-D-E-E-R-E classic.com. I'd also like to thank, of course, our sponsor, Midwest One Bank. Learn more and experience simply better banking at midwestone.bank. This podcast is produced by Upload Media Group, located here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more information on them, you can visit uploadmediagroup.com. And if you enjoy this show, please consider subscribing and reviewing on your podcast platform of choice. It helps us to continue to develop and grow. Real Success with Nate Cading is a Corridor Media Group podcast. For more information, visit CorridorBusiness.com.